Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe Guiana with 1530 Apologetics Throughout All Ages. And we're here to intellectually think about arguments and does it make sense? That is, does your worldview make sense when we weigh it out on a scale of history, science, philosophy, the reality that we live in? Does your worldview hold up to scrutiny as we test it against contradictions? And so today, our talk is going to be about this great universe. A universe that has shown itself to look designed by all the many implications of biology, astronomy, physics, and anything else that we can think of about this universe that we live in. And the reason why we're talking about this universe is because within this universe came forth life. But how did a universe come into existence and bring us the things that we have on this planet that we call planet Earth? We have hundreds and billions of planets within even the Milky Way. And yet, this is the only planet that brought forth life. And so we need to ask the question from a scientist perspective. You would have a singularity that in a moment, time, space, and matter came into existence. We know that with time, you must have space. And with space, you must have matter. So from this singularity, we get time, space, and matter, where hydrogen and helium combust in this nuclear fusion that brings quarks, particles, black matter, atoms, stars, and then eventually brings this periodic table of chemicals, and that 4.5 million years ago, we have Earth as we know it. And then we get to this earth with this prokaryotic single-celled organisms that we would call the primitive forms of life. And then from there, usually something like bacteria. And then from there you have a eukaryotic cell, which is a multi-cell that would bring you and me into existence. So what would be the reason 
that you would have all this in this universe. The debate has been going on for millennials. So I would like to start with this infinite regress, right? Because if we don't get it right, first of all, within this universe, they have something that scientists has observed as an infinite regress. When we look at anything that we might look at, let's say, let's suppose we would say, how did this car get here? Well, car got here from A, and then how did A get here from B? And how did B get here from C and then from D? And we would just keep on going on until we couldn't go any further. Well, how did this building get here? Well, the bricks, the concrete came from B, and then the the B came from C, and then the C came from D. So let's ask the question, as we talked about, this universe coming into existence, how did humans get here from a scientific view when we talk about an infinite regress? Why do we talk about infinite regresses? Because we know that you cannot have a finite regress. There cannot be that just the car was here and that's it. It just plopped in here into this universe. But we know From science, as we look around, that there is this cause and effect that takes place in this universe that A comes from B and B comes from C until we get down to a point of time where the theologian and the scientist come into agreement that time, space, and matter had to come at one point of an event of time. So when we ask the question, how did the human come here? We'll say, well, humans came from this eukaryotic cell. And where'd that come from? Well, it started with a prokaryotic simple cell. And then where did that come from? Well, that came from Earth, right? And where did Earth come from? Well, it came from the the chemicals that the stars brought forth. And where did the stars come from? Well, it came from atoms. And the atoms came from planks. And the planks came from this combustion of of nuclear fusion, helium, and hydrogen. And then we get to time, space, and matter. And you say, where did that come from? And you say, well, that came from energy. That came from quantum fluctuation. Well, where did the quantum fluctuation come from? Where did the energy come from? From this infinite regress. And it's there... Like I said, where the theologian and the scientist has to stop and say, well, that's what we're talking about here. We don't know where time, space, and matter come from. Now, theologian and the scientist, they basically have three choices. And the reason why the infinite regress is important is because it lays this factor That says, out of a starting point in the universe, that there once was no starting point. And that no starting point has to be outside of this universe. So wherever you choose to start in the universe, it will bring the theologian, the Christian, and the scientist back to the same starting point. No time, no space. And no matter. 
Do you realize that God made this prediction? It was actually something that he said was true. And he said this. He said 2500 BC, or should I say 3500 years ago, he said, Moses, I want you to write this down. And he began to tell him what to write down about this universe, a planet that we call Earth. And this is what he says. Thus says the Lord, Isaiah forty-four twenty-four, the Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself. And so even here, he begins to speak about that it's him that spread forth the heavens. It stretches it out. And we know it's still stretching out. You know, he uses this word, and it's amazing that it still fits. And that he says, I am the Lord that makes all things. And so he puts a qualifier there that he made all things, and he uses pronoun to say, I, I am the one, singular, not many, not a thousand gods, not many gods, but I alone made these things. And then we have Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. So here God makes a prediction that when the scientist looks at science, they're going to see that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, that this heaven and this earth was created. And sure enough, if we look at this prediction, that when the scientists would look at the groundwork, that they would see that, yes, in 1929, that they realized that this universe was no longer static, that it had a beginning point. And so now we know that 99% of all scientists believe that this universe had a starting point. So this is why we go to infinite regress, so we can begin to work from there. And now we have to say to ourselves, okay, well, you have this universe. We have three choices here of how it got here. That either it was something eternal, right? It couldn't be time itself. So we know it couldn't be something temporal, that made this temporal universe. This is what the infinite regress shows us, that it's something outside of time, space, and matter. And so any time that you would have time, space, and matter, even if you tried to move it backwards before the universe, this universe that we know of, you would still have time, space, and matter. So you got to get to something eternal, and we know that. We know that as theologians, as Christians, you got to get something eternal. So you got a few choices here. It's either something eternal or someone eternal or out of nothing. So these are the three choices. Now, we know when we begin to talk about something eternal, we know that everything we see is formed by information, whether visible or invisible. We have information from the planks to the atoms to all matter and everything within this universe. There's information and abstract numbers, namely mathematic equations. 
Yet we know that these abstract numbers, you know, I've heard some say, well, this universe came from mathematics that were just sitting there. And all of a sudden, these mathematics brought in this energy, this fluctuation. But we know that numbers and information by themselves cannot have any causal effect. It has no causal powers to do anything just to have numbers and information sitting there, even if those numbers are consistent and make sense. Even if the information makes sense, they don't have no causal power. So when you begin to say something eternal, we have to say, if it is something eternal, something... Now, I don't want to say that this universe was eternal. I want to go further than that. I want to go to where we're at this infinite regress, where there is no time, space, and matter. So if we're going to do that, we have to go to something outside of the universe, and that there's something out there that that is eternal. Not someone, not out of nothing, but something eternal out there. Stay with us as we come into the second part of talking about this universe and how did it get here. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics, and we'll see you in the second half. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry, 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85% of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. Thank you for being with us on the second half of Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And we're talking about this universe. We talked about an infinite regress. That when we get to a singularity of when time, space, and matter had to come at one single point... What are some of the choices that we could have of how this universe got here? We know it, we only have three choices. It could be something eternal, someone eternal, or out of nothing. It would have to be something that keeps order rather than something chaotic. Uh, when we look at the universe, we see, we know that it. whether you say it is design or it looks design, it's because everything we see that we know of in this universe, those formulated equations and that information, it's the pre-intelligibility that we have of conditions to be able to see that there's a reason that we know of why this information does have some effects to it. What brings that effects? Something with causal power to it, right? So we see that everything looks designed. That it wasn't just uh, chaotic, even though the, the atheists at times would like to use that word. You see, it either holds together by random chance, 
and chaos, or it must be a designer. Something else about outside of time, space, and matter. That we know we have things that are personal in this universe. Well, how do we get things that are personal? And how does a world that's made of inanimate material become personal? And if you have something outside of the universe that you say that is eternal, in order for that something to be eternal and then to make time, space, and matter, he has to have a, that, not he, that thing would have to have a free will to be able to cause something to happen in a finite universe. But if this something is not personal, if this something is just out there without a mind, it can't have a free will. Because ultimately, in order to have a will, it would have to have a free will. In order to be eternal and go into a finite state, it could not do that on its own. It would need to have a free will to make a decision that I'm still going to stay this something. I'm still going to stay eternal, but I'm going to make something outside of me that is finite. Or there would be the second choice out of nothing. Now we know Krauss and many others, uh, physicists would like to say out of nothing really means energy, really means quantum physics that are out there, fluctuations. But we know that that is not, not anything. When we talk about out of nothing, it has to be no time, no space, no matter, no energy, no fluctuation. And you can't get that out of nothing. Even defining out of nothing means not anything. And so when you start with not anything, science would defy its own self to assume that out of nothing, something can pop into existence. And so out of nothing would have to be something that we would have to say, nope, that could not be the answer. And we know that it's not something eternal. We talked about that. We knew, we know that it could not be out of nothing. We've never seen anything. Not, we've never seen anything come from out of nothing. And using it in the way that we're supposed to use it. Not anything. But then we look at someone eternal. We already talked about that you have time, space, and matter coming into existence in this universe. So we know, first of all, we would need something bigger, someone's nature, someone's character that is more sufficient than time, space, and matter. And the Bible makes this prediction that when you look at the world around you, that you must know that there is a God who is timeless, spaceless, and immaterial, and that it cannot be many gods. The Bible says there is only one God. I know of no other, because the infinite regress gets you to a place where there is only one God. Now, this God is the Christian God. That is, is timeless, is spaceless, is immaterial. That this God would have to be omnipotent. 
and omniscient, all-powerful and all-knowing. And so we look at this and we say, yes, this qualifies the Christian God. That when we look at the world that we live in, that it had to be someone that had a free will. And the Bible has talked about this God, this singular monotheistic God, having a will, a free will to choose sovereignly what he wants to do. So when we look at everything that the Bible says, we actually see that in nature. When we even look at abstract numbers, equations, and information, well, this invisible God could do this. This invisible God could bring in physics, could bring in the laws of nature, could bring in information and lay it on material, so material would have to act consistently and in ordered fashion, and that this God who's all-knowing and all-powerful with the free will would be able to uphold these things. And this is why the Christian points to the Christian God. So ultimately, this is why it has to be a mind. Now, whatever mind you want to put on it, there are many people that would say, oh, well, I'm going to use the unicorn or the teacup as this God. You may call it anything you want, but it must have this nature and character. And ultimately, it points to a Christian God that versed itself through manuscripts and before science even came about to describe this universe as we know it in the 21st century, the Bible has already recorded this God, this single monotheistic God, and that everything it says about him is now made true in the science world. I like what Fred Boyle says. When we look at this universe around us, how could you imagine a tornado going through one, two, three, four, five junkyards and at the end, when it's done going through there, this huge tornado, how would you get a 747 plane sitting there ready to fly? You wouldn't have that. And so we look at this universe and we said there must be a design to it. And so we need to ask the question of this universe, is it really fine-tuned on a knife's edge? Or is it just by natural selection or random and chance that somehow you get all the beauty, you get all the species, you get the laws of science that are consistent in an orderly fashion and that we could know because of this God who declared to us that he will keep the seasons and the days, day by day, in a fashionly order, but in a world of natural selection and random chances, you cannot have that. There's no reason that you would have a world, a earth, that you could have life in it. And as of yet, there is no other planet. Although there are 
galaxies that look like ours, we still have not found life in anywhere around the universe. And so we take this and we say, what does it point to when we look at the infinite regress? How did we get a time, space, matter, universe? What could have caused all this to be? And I think, no, we don't get out of nothing came everything. I don't think we get from something. We get everything that's in this universe. But that we need a mind, a personal mind, a mind that's free to choose, a mind that's sovereign to be able to do the things that we see in this universe. I like what Fred Hoyle says. He says, a common sense interpretation of the facts suggests that a super intellect has monkeyed with physics as well as with chemistry and biology and that there are no blind forces worth speaking about in nature. The number the numbers one calculates from the facts seem to me so overwhelmingly as to put this conclusion almost beyond question. I like what Paul Davis says. For me, powerful evidence that there is something going on behind it all. It seems as though somebody has fine-tuned nature's numbers to make the universe. The impression of design is overwhelming. And last of all, Stephen Hawking, a British astrophysicist. Then we shall be able to take part in this discussion of the question of why is it that we in the universe exist? If we find the answer to that, it would be the ultimate triumph of human reason, for then we would know the mind of God. So I thank you for your time. Think about these things. That's a take, and this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. 